well, folks. Sorry, it's Thursday, 2 p.m. Pacific. I'm Fred McMurray, and God knows I'm tired. But this must be... Well, welcome to Pillars of Franchising. How are you, Elizabeth? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'd like to first welcome everybody to our newest episode of 2023. I have not yet had to write that on a check. I don't write very many checks because nobody really does, which is probably why I haven't done it yet. But I'm sure to screw it up probably until about July. So uh, happy 2023. I hate to tell everybody what we're missing Jerry and Laura today. Both of them are out very sick. So we do hope that both of you get feeling better very soon. And um, with that, I do believe it's Friday Eve and time to get the show started because we've got a great show for you today. We do. We've got Ryan England of Core Matters. Um, very excited to talk to him um, in just a few short minutes. Uh, also reminding you that we have the call-in number. If you would like to call in and ask questions of Ryan or of any of our mentors, the number is 323-580-5755. And today on Word on the Street, Kristen, we wanted to discuss where franchising is going in 2023. And I know you have lots of, of insight on that and lots of thoughts. So let us have it. What do you think? Well, you know, and, and like most people, we all spend a lot of time reading over, you know, other trade magazines and you kind of the general feeling of what everybody's thinking out there. But some of the things in the, in the various articles that we've been going through and kind of what we're seeing here at Pillars anyway, is that um, there are a few things that really stand out that are really going to kind of paint the picture of franchising, if you will, in 2023. And one of those happens to be more and more brands who are joining together to make umbrella companies or conglomerates, if you will. So, um, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry, I thought you said something. So um, that is something that we see. And, you know, a big benefit to that, as we've talked about before, is marketing power. In some cases, if you take smaller franchisees, like myself, who is considering buying additional home service brands, I create my own little umbrella company where I can leverage my customer list and things of that nature, right? So there's a lot of benefit to joining forces with whether you're a franchisee and you want to build your empire with different pieces of home services like I'm talking about, or if you're a couple of smaller, maybe emerging brands and you decide to get together with another emerging brand and build something a little bit bigger. So I think that's going to be really exciting. Um, with that, as we talked about last year and a little bit the year before the great resignation, um, I didn't think we'd have to ever say that again, but it is still out there. Um, and the thing with that is it's pushed a lot of corporate people, a lot of corporate leaders into the franchising sector, which I think is very interesting because you start to see different perspectives. You see people coming in at um, different levels of management based on what their background is. And then you see some people who come in and they're really kind of trying to get used to this whole entrepreneur franchisee um, 
position, if you will, and trying to figure out how to make that work. Different than being a C-suite guy and then you come in and you're running a cleaning franchise, right? It's very different. Um, and with that, some of them are also now going into other parts of franchising, whether it be being a consultant, working for a franchisor, so very interesting. Uh, we've said many times PE firms, right, private equity. Uh, Neighborly happens to be, you know, our parent company, our umbrella brand, however you want to call it. And um, with that, the KKR Group is our private equity company that owns us. And so um, you'll see more and more that private equity is coming in because they're looking at these proven concepts and they look at how tightly a franchise is run, um, how well organized, how profitable, and they want a piece of that pie too. So in, in a lot of times, that's exactly what a smaller franchise system needs because they need capital. And mm-hmm. of course, that's what private equity uh, gives you. And then we've got a lot of um, colleges, that, uh, which I love, and we talk about the um, Palm Beach Atlantic Titus Center for um, franchising a lot, but Louisville's got a franchising program, so does one out on the East Coast, forgive me for forgetting the school. Um, but you see more and more schools getting interested in incorporating franchising classes into their business programs. So I think that's going to, um, as John always says, you know, start educating the next generation of franchisees and franchise professionals. So I think that's really good coming up. And for people who are looking to buy, there's never been a time like this where so much information on franchising is available. Mm-hmm. Again, you've got universities, you've got every social platform out there, you've got several different podcasts like ours that talk about pros and cons and ins and outs. Ours is a little different because um, most of us are all franchisees. We've been there, done that. Karen's a franchisor, so we've got a blend of people. But there's no shortage of information for people. And lastly, and I think this is probably one of the biggest things, and that is the engagement that IFA has had um, in franchising, whether it's from their government involvement, whether it's from veterans programs, whether it's from diversity, equity, and inclusion. I think they have really been active and really been working hard to make sure that the word is out, programs are out, and of course, you know, making sure that every franchise system is run um, to the best of its ability and uh, is a good, solid uh, investment for anybody who's looking to do franchising. So a little longer word on the street, quite a long list, but it's all good stuff coming up in 2023. It is all good stuff, and that is all very exciting, and we're trying to get involved in as many of those things as we possibly can um, and, and pass that information along to our viewership. So don't forget, if you would like to call and ask questions, 323-580-5755, or you can go to the website, pillarsoffranchising.com, and hop on our chat. Yes, and you're going to want to chat with our next guest. Mm-hmm. Because every small business out there, am I right? Every small business, every franchise needs some of your help, Ryan England. Yeah, yeah, I hear it a lot. Uh, everybody is struggling right now to, to find and keep good people. Yes. So let me tell you, I met Ryan England, uh, Ray and I, down at a neighborly uh, reunion. And the big issue that he was talking to us about is not just the fact that we need people, right? And this is what I really liked about um, what you had to say, Ryan. It's not about just people. It's about hiring the right people for the right reason in the right places, right, so that you get the right cultural fit, you get the right uh, fit in terms of skill level and or someone that can elevate themselves through training, things of that nature. So you've been, uh, you started your company back in 2011, right? Core Matters. Yeah. 
And can you tell us a little bit about that and what you've been up to this last, oh, my goodness, 22 years? Uh, 12 years. Um, oh, oh, yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Uh, I, it, so, it, wait a minute. Does that it, sound right? It, no, it seems like 22. It seems like 22, right? Someday. Yeah. Someday. The last two years have felt like a decade. Agreed. So I'll go with that. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, you were you know, suddenly first... thinking you missed some birthdays, weren't you? Yeah. So when we first started out, we were a typical digital marketing agency. And what we did was websites, email, advertising, all this stuff for home service companies, uh, whether they were part of a franchise or not. We did that for a few years. And it turned out that that wasn't really the issue that they had as much as they had a bunch of empty trucks sitting in the yard and Mm -hmm. they weren't able to service the leads that we were generating for them. So they would call us and say, turn the leads off, pause them this month. We don't have enough text. We can't make it happen. So in 2015, I said, well, let me see if we can solve that problem. Because one of the things that I realized in my corporate life, as well as being an entrepreneur, is that recruiting is a marketing activity. Mm -hmm. It is not an HR activity. It is a marketing activity. And we were a marketing firm. So we can solve this problem. Turned out we were really good at it. So good at it that we had one company tell us they had four empty trucks. Three weeks later, they called us. They go, we got all four trucks filled and we got two more on order because there's that many texts coming. So I said, well, this is a heck of a lot more fun. And there's such a greater need for this. And no one is really solving this problem in the small business space. Lots of tech companies talk about unlimited PTO and nap pods and all that other stuff. But when when you're in services, you can't do that. Uh-uh. It's remote work all the time, but not at your home. Right. You're out at the customer's home. Yeah. And so how yeah. do you break down? I mean, it, it, and thank you, Karen, for joining me today, because this is right in your wheelhouse as well with Dale Carnegie. How do you take, I mean, that's a big web of potential issues. How do you narrow that down to make it work? So what we found is that, I hear this all the time, I can't find any good people. And when I talk to business owners, I'll say, how many people do you have on your team last year? And they'll go, 12. How many W-2s did you issue? 73. (laughs) You don't have an issue finding people. You have an issue finding the right people and keeping them. So it's a double-edged sword here. We can't just work on filling a pipeline with new applicants and new hires. We have to make sure that we're engaging and keeping them. And so as much as I say that we focus on recruiting, Really what we're focused on is recruiting the right people so they stay. Awesome. Karen, what do you have to say to that? You, you know, love it. And, and it's, I sing that too. You're, you're right. People, they focus on recruit, 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 recruit. And I, and I hear the, we just need a warm body in here. No, you don't. Stop it. Right? <laughs> Extra set of hands. Yeah. So, you know, when, when you talk about recruiting, like, the right people, are there a few common traits or common criteria or things that you see in candidates that are, that you're like, talk about right people. Here's some key things you always need to have no matter what industry. Yeah. So the thing about the right people is they're the right people for you. So everything we do is predicated on this idea. And I'm sure someone on this can can answer this for me or finish it. People don't leave jobs. They leave managers, managers, managers and bosses and toxic Mm -hmm. cultures and you name it. They don't leave the job. They don't leave the skill set. They don't leave the work. They don't leave the customer. They leave the boss. And so if we want to find really good people, we got to find people that are going to work well with us. we got to find people that are going to work well in our culture. 
that are going to be a good part of our team. And the only way to do that is to get really clear on who we are, which most small business owners spend almost zero time on. Yeah. And, and don't you agree? I think part of what we had talked about, too, is that sometimes you have to take somebody who has the right cultural fit, the right attitude, and give them the skills that they need to do the job. And, and that, in turn, really empowers them and makes them feel like they're part of something a lot bigger. Yeah. I, uh, I, I read the E-Myth real early on in my entrepreneurial journey, uh, and he talks about it, it's more important to find somebody who doesn't have the skills because you don't have all the bad behaviors, all the unlearning, all that stuff right. you have to do. Find someone that's going to fit your model and then train them. And yeah. one of the pushbacks I get all the time is I don't have the time to train them. Well, yeah, because you're d- busy dealing with all these fires from all the people you shouldn't have hired in the first place. Right. Because right. you should never say that, right? I mean, you, you don't have the time not to train them. Absolutely. Right. I'd love to know how you tell people that, especially when you talk about getting people to, to think outside the box, that's going to be one of your biggest pushbacks from owners because they do. I want someone that has these exact skills or right, they have uh, this experience. Kind of what are some things you say to them to get them to think differently? Because that's, that's hard because they've been doing this a certain way for so many years. So much of what we do over here at Core Matters is get people to think differently. I, I say we spend 70, 80% of the time working with you on your mindset. We'll worry yeah. about the skills and the processes and all that stuff later, but so much of it's mindset. But one of the things that I encourage them to do, especially in a tight labor market like we've had for the last couple of years, is to really think what are the things that you can't or won't teach? That's the stuff we focus on. So I always get people that are like, oh, I wish you had service Titan experience. That's important. You know, in home services, service Titan's a big one. You got to have service Titan experience. And I always ask, are you going to teach them to use service Titan your way? Well, yeah. yeah. But why does it matter if they have service Titan experience? Totally. Yeah. And that's one of the big shifts that we work with people on is what are the things you can't or won't teach? I will not teach someone to show up to work on time. I won't do it. That's right. I can't do it. So let's look at that especially when we're looking for frontline employees who shows up to the interview on time. Yeah. You know, that's really interesting because coming out of my corporate uh, world with the Home Depot and coming into, into owning my own business, I fell into that trap because as a new business, I didn't have the confidence in my own ability to teach some systems. Right. Mm-hmm. And I knew like I wanted us to hit the ground running. We need to do that. So I got a, an employee from another office and, um, she knew the system, but our values in terms of how we took care of the customer, like my role was, listen, if there's a problem, you make it go away. Yeah. 50 bucks, 100 bucks free clean, I don't care, make the customer happy, right? Yeah. And that's not what her belief was. Now, the system, could we get through the system and make all the notes and do all the changes and print all the paperwork? Great. Mm-hmm. But the customer service experience wasn't what I was looking for. And so to your point exactly, you have to be really careful. And after that, I figured out I wanted somebody for my business who had been in retail or who had been in restaurants. Because those are the ones who are frontline, customer-facing, abused, like there's no business, right? And right. so I knew they could take that part. And we'll figure out the system, even if we got to put somebody on hold and it takes us three minutes to figure out how to find their, their record, right? Yeah. That part we can get along as long as we can kill them with kindness. Yeah. So now tell me a little bit. I found this very interesting about your dad and what inspired you for this business. 
Yeah, so I grew up in a blue collar family. My dad was in manufacturing and he had his own plants as pretty much as far back as I can remember. And I remember as a, as a child, like elementary age, where after school in the evenings or even on the weekends, I'd be down at the plant with my dad. I'd be helping him reorganize the warehouse. I'd be helping him with machines, handing him tools, doing all this stuff. I thought I was hanging out with dad. Turned out I was very inexpensive labor. And I did what I was told. He would turn me loose. He's like, see that box of, of plastics? He was in plastics manufacturing. He's like, see that box of plastics? No one ever taught him what to do. So many yeah. entrepreneurs go out there and they, they start in a trade or a craft that they know. And then they figure out the rest of the stuff. Yeah. They figure out the finances. They figure out the insurance. They figure out the lead generation. But when it comes to hiring, it's one of those things that I think most entrepreneurs just say, you know what? I have to do it. I'll just grind my teeth and get through it as fast as possible. And who cares about a process? Who cares about learning it? Yeah. Because they just need people. And that's yeah. And, you know, many times they don't realize that those people and the addition of people, that's, that's part of their culture. What is it? Culture is yeah. made by you adding one person at a time. So yeah. sometimes I think you don't realize that, especially when you're trying to build from the ground up. Yeah, and, and seeing my dad be an owner-operator and dealing with that, what yeah. really inspired me was to help so many other owner-operators out there or small business owners who, I mean, I remember my dad, and I truly believe it's had a good relationship with him. I truly believe that he worked that hard to take care of the family. And I know so many entrepreneurs that are that way. And I know so many that have gotten to the point where they're in their 60s now. And they're like, I missed my kids growing up. I'm selling because I'm not going to miss my grandkids growing up. Yeah. yeah. And that's what really inspires me to do this and really work with small business owners on this is so that they can focus on getting their life back. And the easiest way and the fastest way to do that is to hire good people you can trust. So you used to do this in corporate America. Right. I was, I was reading your, your bio that, you know, you often were able to find the best people for your, for your team. Where did you find them? So I didn't do sourcing in corporate. I did all the interviewing and placements in corporate. And, okay. uh, you know, this was 15, 20 years ago. It was now we're at the right age. <laughs> there you go. Right. <laughs> if you were, if you were online 15 years ago, like you stood out mm-hmm. and now everybody's online. But back then, we would get tons of applications. We'd have a team of recruiters who would just get resumes, and it was corporate. I mean, we were one of the Fortune 10 companies. It was really easy. Uh, it's like Google. Google gets something like 30,000 applications a month. Wow. Yeah. And so when you have a big name, it's really easy to source. But the problem is now you've got to get through all of those resumes. You've got to get through all of those interviews. I remember there'd be days where we'd interview 30 or 40 people in a day, just every day for a week mm-hmm. until we built a new team. And what I learned real quickly was that the interview shouldn't be about skills. It should be about, are you going to fit? Are you going to like working together long-term? Yes, we're going to talk about skills, but that's later. Sure, yeah. So you've helped so many different small businesses and franchises. Um, Where do you start or what has been like one of your favorite um, categories within franchising or small business that you've had to kind of help turn around, change their paradigm on the whole hiring. So you mean like an industry within the? Yeah, yeah. I love home services. That's you do, okay. Favorite. I love it. Uh, super passionate about it. So many of the entrepreneurs that get into home services. You mentioned corporate. There's a lot of corporate execs now getting in. 
Well, guess yeah. what? They didn't have H. They had HR departments. They didn't have recruiters. They didn't have to do it themselves. They had a team of people behind them. And so a lot of times, especially in the franchising space, I love working with them because they have that big picture mindset, especially the mm-hmm. corporate executives, but they never had to do it unless they were in HR. They never had to do that. So we get to work directly with them and just show them a process, which most corporate people like, uh, on how to do this. Awesome. Absolutely. You know, one of the things I was thinking of is, you know, you've mentioned the word culture a couple of times and the right fit with culture. Mm-hmm. What advice do you have for franchisees on, on even like trying to figure out what their culture is and, and then how do they even define that culture so they can, they can use it as a way to attract people? Yeah, so we have a process we walk all of our clients through, but in a nutshell, the first thing we do, because in the entrepreneur space, it's usually the owner is very involved and they inject their value system and their belief system throughout the entire organization. So the first thing to do is sit down as the owner and say, what is it that is important to me about how people behave and what they believe? And your values are in that. Your core values are in that exercise. And then once you have that, get really clear on what it means to you. Because what integrity means to me, probably, we could probably ask everybody on this call right now, and we would have, everybody have a different answer. Absolutely, yes. And so get really clear on defining it and, and learn how to communicate that to your team and to the job market. Awesome. I think that can be true for franchisees, too. I mean, a lot of that is, um, I always call it the, the soft skill stuff, right? That yeah, even absolutely. though you have a... You have a model, but that's strictly a model, and it's all operations. It's not people, mm-hmm. and, and people can't be treated like, you know. Exactly. Yeah. And, they, and, and many times I think that's your, as a, as a franchisee, that could be one of your ways of uh, kind of going up against the, the big companies because a lot of times people want to work for big companies, yeah. and that could be part of your attraction too, is you yeah. treat them like people versus a process, even even in the hiring process, right? Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. So, Ryan, as, as we're coming kind of to a close, what are, like, two or three things that you think people listening today really need to take away from this? Because they're all struggling with people yeah. right now. Yeah. So I, I tell people this a lot in my talks. If, if you're struggling to attract good people, consider that you may not be attractive to good people. And that might be really hard to hear. That's hard. <laughs> but, it, but if you think about it, if good people aren't showing up, maybe it's because the good people don't like what they see. Mm-hmm. Whether that's on your online presence, that's your uh, customer reviews, or maybe even the way you deal with it when they apply. And so become attractive to the people you want to attract. It, we use a lot of fishing analogies in the work we do. You know, if, if you want to catch a certain type of fish, not only have to go where that fish is, but you got to use the kind of bait that they're going to want to bite on. Well, and Karen, that's all about figuring out what their why is, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, 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 now, and not only figuring it out, and then I'm sure, Ryan, you work with them on it, how do you live it? You're figuring yeah. it out, communicating it, and how do you live it, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I believe that the number one reason organizations have problems or we, we can't build effective teams is because of lack of communication or improper communication. Mm-hmm. And so we have to do that. And so we help our clients build a lot of controls in place so that their team can hold leadership accountable for communication and proper communication. Yeah. That's awesome. I'd love to see some of those tools. That, that really interests me, how you, how you integrate those things in. And um, anything else you think people need to be on the lookout for or aware of as we trundle ourselves into 2023? 
I would just say that right now you, you'd mentioned the great resignation and now we have quiet quitting and we quitting. have quiet firing and we have quiet hiring and we Everything. all these buzzwords, which <laughs> yeah. is all stuff that's been happening for a long time. But here's the reality. People want to be valued as human beings. They want to be valued as people. And guess what? When you hire somebody, you get the whole package. You don't just get the worker that's eight hours a day. You get their hopes, their goals, their dreams, their drama, their health issues. You get the whole package. Yeah. And as much as I see a lot of business owners want to compartmentalize that and say, no, for eight hours, you got to be on, you got to do this. Guess what? You get the whole thing. That's right. That's true. Until you can acknowledge and accept that, doesn't mean you have to tolerate low performance or tolerate this stuff. But the sooner you can accept, you get the whole per, the whole package. Uh, the sooner you're going to be able to connect better. The sooner people are going to feel valued. And when people feel valued, they're not going to leave you for a dollar an hour. They're not going to leave you for two dollars an hour, because people do not like looking for work. They hate it. Yeah. And I don't like that either. Give them a reason to want to stay. That's awesome, Ryan. You have been fantastic, just as you were on the neighborly stage giving giving your your talk. And I, I really hope that people out there today have been able to take something away. The, the whole look in the mirror and, why, you know, are you attractive? That's really a good point for everybody to think of, I have to say. Um, and not just your hair. It's everything else, right? Um, it's the whole package, Kristen. It is, yeah. Well, I have a story to tell you about that. Yeah. <laughs> That's another show. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but Ryan, tell us how, how our people can find you. Where do they find you? Uh, we're all over the internet. Um, my last name is spelled E-N-G-L-I-N. That's an important one. You spell it yeah. like the country. You're not going to find me. That's uh, right. But corematters.com. Um, they can learn all about us. We've got our podcast there. We have a lot of material that they can download, uh, books and some videos that they can learn from. Uh, I just want to be a resource to people because I think the more impact I can have on more companies, the easier this is going to get for everybody. I love it. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ryan. I appreciate I you being on the show. And uh, we'll certainly be connecting with you again soon. We might be able to integrate some of your podcasts into our blogs and see how we can get the word to spread like wildfire out there. Fantastic. Thank you for having me today. Thank you, yeah, All the best to you. Bye. Hey, franchise owners, how is your local marketing? Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new movements to your local area? At Westvine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, and ad placement, and customer data intelligence will get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 805-265-5440 or visit us at westvine.com. That's 805-265-5440 or westvine with a Y. Welcome, Ray. Where have you been? No, I've been traveling. <laughs> Jealous. But well, it's, it's not, you know, uh, people ask you, where's the best place you've been? It's always been, it's always the last place. Okay. So we just got back from uh, uh, a, 
a wonderful trip, and we're looking forward. Now we're going to uh, Tampa in nice. a couple of days. But anyway, right. you're, you're the guy who loves this kind of crappy weather that Karen and I are dealing with, and yeah. then you're like, oh, and we're going to Tampa. <laughs> And we're stuck here. Yeah. yeah well, you know, you know, I'll try to bring back some of that warmth and sunshine. No, you see, back. what you're supposed to say is the bus is big enough for everyone. Grab your bag. Oh, and come okay. Along. okay. I agree. He couldn't take me, I think, in a bus more than maybe like two days. Just going to say. <laughs> you haven't seen the bus. <laughs> yeah, it's a little, a little yeah. different. Yeah, but, yeah. So let's talk about this great interview with Ryan England. I don't know, um, Ray, you know, you got to watch him at uh, the, at the uh, reunion like I did, and I got super mm-hmm. excited. I'm like, finally, somebody who's giving the message that we all need to hear. Right. Um, but there's a second part of that that kind of plays right into this, right? And, and mm-hmm. Karen, we kind of talked about this with Ray on Tuesday, and that, that's the part that once you have them and you're sure you got the right fit, how do you keep them engaged long-term? How do you keep them growing? How do you keep giving them ongoing targets and reward them for those targets that they make, right? And we talked about that really kind of being like a performance management. Okay. Uh, yeah, so you can call it that. <laughs> no, it's, that's a, yeah. you know. I mean, that's, yeah. the, that's the technical term, performance that's right. management, uh, right? But, that's the technical. Uh, <laughs> what do you call it, Ray? Early in my career, uh, we used to do reviews on people. And uh, so uh, I would travel to the destination where the person was I was supposed to review, and I'd let them know they're being reviewed. And I ran into a lot of obstacles. People were so nervous, they were literally shaking in their boots, and they, uh, you know, they they locked their van and locked themselves out of it, you know. So I stopped doing that, and I basically, you know, rewrote everything, and uh, I came up with. Uh, I'm coming out just to visit, just to see how you're doing. Okay. <laughs> well, it was actually a review. Yeah, <laughs> but, right. You know, and then uh, another thing I developed was some, I don't think I was the, the developer of it, but I, I heard it was called the 360 uh, review. And it's, I found that very interesting because the individuals around that person were able to tell us how he was doing better than one individual being myself, uh, having a perceived view of what, how they were doing. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think you noticed this too, if you, if you ask uh, uh, any one of your uh, HSPs, uh, home service professionals, how is this new person doing? They're gonna tell you, uh, and, and, and they're not going to uh, hide anything. <laughs> they're gonna be very you know, straightforward with you. So yeah. Uh, but going back to what he was talking about, uh, and is how, how do we make this a little kinder and gentler and still be able to inculcate our culture to, uh, you know, to them? Yeah, what do you have to say on the, on the matter of performance management, Gosh, aka that, reviews? Several mm-hmm. things, of course, right? So yeah. I mean, first would be, you know, even even Ray, when you were talking about like 360s or any type of review. It, it needs to be, you know, it's human-centered, it's person-centered, and it's a, I think it's the whole person. It's not just, here's all the list of all the things you need to be doing, but it's it's growth. It's who are you. It's, it's making it more holistic. That's one thing. Second thing is getting their feedback. 
so many times that when people do reviews and they're all one way, or even if we're giving you this information about you, it's fascinating when I started asking them, rate yourself, I'm going to rate you, we're going to come together and talk about, you know, what are some of the gaps? Mm -hmm. And I would always have the employee go first. It's amazing because many times people do know. They know their strengths many times. I mean, they have some blind spots, you know, but they know their strengths and they know the areas they really need to work on. And so it makes it an easier conversation when they say it versus then when you're bringing it up at first. You can have a a friendlier, when you say friendlier, Ray, you can have a friendlier conversation. Absolutely. Yeah, you tell somebody they're lacking in anything and they're going to say, no, I'm not. (laughs) Right. But when you ask them, right? A knee-jerk reaction to anything negative you say to a person. But if you ask them, well, what do you think about this situation? How how, how would you rate yourself, you know, in personality, you know? Rhea, I think that that your answer has inspired a a comment from from Fred in the background here. Fred, what you got? Ray, inculcate? Seriously, dude. (laughs) <laughs> Who bought you a thesaurus for Christmas? I mean, really now, $8 words. Let me alone. <laughs> I oh. like that word. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good word, especially, I think, it's apropos for it this I agree. <laughs> I agree. Ray, you got a nap before the show, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I did. I thought so. Definitely. You're on it today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and you know, kind of to to both of your points, I mean, that all starts with creating the right environment and setting expectations up front, right? To say, hey, listen, we know you're new. We know, I always tell my girls, it's going to take you, you know, probably two months before you are able to carry a full load like all the other teams before you're not needing to be corrected or coached along the way, right? And so if they know that, it makes them a little more comfortable. They know they don't have to be perfect in two weeks. Yeah, you know? and, yeah. and if they expect that, hey, in six months, we're going to sit down and just talk about, like, what do you like? What do you not like? That's usually how I start with people is to tell me what do you not like about the job so far. And then I'll tell you what you really like. And yeah. then we can go into the conversation. Well, you know, there might be a reason why you don't like that. And mm-hmm. it might be because you're not following the procedure or whatever the case may be, right? But it's, you know, Karen, to your point, get them to open up. And then it's almost like it's their meeting, which it is, by the way. Um, Absolutely. And it's more about, you know, when you talk about keeping people, the more we can, can communicate with them, I'm on your side. Like, I'm on your side. And I want you to succeed. That's part of the connection. And when they feel that, then again, it doesn't feel like I'm getting either interrogated or you're trying to think of all the bad things that I do. It's it's a positive and a growth conversation. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. And when we talk about a couple of shows ago, we talked about keeping your employees engaged, right? This is one of the, the, the key foundations of having them engaged is understanding what expectations are, making sure they know that you are with them to help them achieve yeah. those expectations and to help them get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I'll add, I'll add like a, a, a next piece because sometimes, you know, what, what someone might be thinking, listening to us is, well, that's if someone's doing really well, you know, what if I've got a problem employee or what right. if it's someone I really got to talk with, you know, and yeah. you know, it's, to me, it's the kind of the same thing with I'm on your side. They might not be a fit. There are things they might not be doing well, 
But again, I think it's how we communicate that. I also think that too many times as um, franchisee, franchisor, you know, franchisees, we tend to be so busy, we might not give, you know, Kristen, you were talking about that you're working with them and setting expectations and talking. So then at three months, they, they sort of know things. If you don't do that and you have no conversations and then you wait to sit down with someone and, and, and talk about their performance, yeah. that's, that's where it also just set a good stage as well, too. So that's why they need that regular feedback up until a formal review. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, if, when you talk about the franchise model or, or a small business where you have fewer people, you know, I found for me, it's great to have somebody between me and that theater, that employee, because then if there's some kind of tension, they've got an out, right? They can come to me as the neutral party. Um, a lot of times because our employees work as teams, some of the first things that we hear about is that they're not happy because they don't like the person they're working with, right? Yeah. Their personalities don't click. They don't respect each other. The other person's too bossy, right? There's a, and we're all women at this yeah. <laughs> at my company, right? So there's a lot of stuff that happens. And yeah. so I think it's important to understand those dynamics earlier on and make yourself open to that. And I've had situations where people said, you know, I really don't like the manager. I don't like the way she talks to me. And so it's like, okay, give give me some examples. And then another day or later in the day, you sit down with your manager and say, so tell me what's going on with this one. And really, and how did that conversation go? And, you know, just to make sure that, again, you're kind of, for me, you have to play both sides to get Absolutely. the actual truth and then go back out with the solution on both sides so that they both feel good about whatever it was that went wrong. Right, because they both have a perception, and their perception in their minds is the right one. So mm-hmm. it's trying to figure out what is it, the, the truth lies in the middle somewhere. It's true. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of their perceptions of their reality, and then trying to figure out how do you bridge those gaps. Yeah. Yep. yep. Hard to do. Ray, you were in a totally different field before this, right? Yes. Completely. Yes. Do you find that depending on which environment you were in, the dynamics, of reviewing people are different or at the core are they really kind of the same i mean you went from technical people to right to, to I, cleaners, I, was a manager. I had 40 employees scattered out through the central part of the united states you know all the way you uh-huh. know from houston all the way up to uh north dakota and uh they were all male one exception uh, uh that's another story but uh uh, you know, you know with, with guys, it's pretty much, you know, hey, I don't like what you're doing. Change that. And I never really lost anybody because of that kind of attitude. But in in this business that uh, you and I are in now, it's a little different. <laughs> you have to be a little softer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so uh, I, I think that it's, Knowing that and doing that has made me a better person. And and uh, you and I both know you have to have a, a fantastic culture in order oh, yeah. to keep the employees that we do. And uh, the things that we offer, of course, our employees, is, is, I think, in the most part, is that family-like culture that's very flexible. Now, yeah. the, the ladies uh, have a tremendous job of not only bringing in some money, but then as this one wonderful uh, employee, 
I, when I asked her, what's the best part of your day? She says, coming to work. Wow. Her job begins when she gets home. She's got right. to make, make dinner. She's got to, you know, uh, deal with the children yeah. and their schooling and their homework and, and everything else. And then, and then the husband comes home, you know, he's got to make sure that he's fed or whatever. And, you know, so she really enjoyed coming to work and, uh, you know, talking with all the other employees. So, yeah, it, that, that culture is extremely important. Sure. Well, and that is like Ryan said, you get the whole person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think when you're a small business person, you're not hiding behind an HR department. You're not hiding behind a logo, right? It's you. You are your business. And if you can't figure out or you don't try to engage with that employee to understand their why, right, Karen? Like, why are they here? What are they doing? You know, you miss so much of it. Like, I had to really quickly learn when we went through in their last acquisition, we jumped up like, oh, my gosh, eight or 12 girls. And I had to immediately go, okay, all right, which one is which one? Okay, who has kids? Because that's important to me. Because yeah. I know that if they have children, We've got days off, we've got conferences, we have first day of school, we have all these things that we have to adjust for and be ready for. And then you have to tell, you know, the partners and tell the customers and this team's going to be there, but they're not going to start until nine instead of eight. And so there's a lot of things that if you don't get that down first, you're always fighting it. And you think that this person is just always, let's say, late because they got to put their kids on the bus. Right. And and you're yep. and you're not trying to fit you're you're kind of you're not just trying to fit them in a mold. You're working right. you're working with them with that flexibility. And that that's that's part when we talk about connect. That's one way of connecting yep. with them and they see that yeah. you care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So very good. Any any um last moment thoughts? Ray or Karen on the matter of performance management reviews and how to keep your employees engaged? Um, I think just just one thing. Don't look at it like it's an annual thing. I think too many people look at that, right? Uh, You know, like, oh, I'm just going to do this once a year. And and I think it's it's continual. And if you look at it this way, continual, it's good. Um, I also think that so many people, so many franchisees that are smaller will say, well, I just have a few people. Why would I do this? And I would say even if it's one, two, three people, it's really important to do because people need to know where they stand. That's absolutely correct. Yeah, How about you, Ray? You got anything? It does become uh, continuous as, as you grow, you know, uh, because people come and go. And uh, it's not always, uh, you know, because they don't like the job. Because things change, their situation, their mm-hmm. family is moving or, or you know, whatever. Uh so we, we find ourselves in a continual process of looking for people. And yeah. uh, I, I think that right now, uh, hopefully the situation with employment will change soon because we, we are really geared up to have a fantastic 2023. Absolutely. Absolutely. And my final thoughts to all of you would be just remember to be kind, be compassionate, um, because we all still, believe it or not, need it after the last couple of years. So. That's the truth. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> you know, with that, I think we have to go pay some more bills. As usual, thank you for joining Pillars of Franchising. We appreciate every single one of you. Um, we want to give a shout-out to our sponsors. 
the Titus Center for Franchising at Palm Beach Atlantic University. You can find them on the college's website. Also, Franchise Show 247, which can be found at FranchiseShow247.com. And we couldn't do it without our sponsors, and we appreciate their support. Don't forget, we love to have calling guests. Our number to call in is 323-580-5755. That is 323-580-5755. If you have questions for our guests or for any of our Million Dollar Mentors, we welcome you to call in at any time on the show. We will do our very best to answer your calls. Stay tuned. More coming up. I pulled a what we now call this year a Kristen by not taking mute off. Elizabeth has been um, relieved of that title. So with that, we'd like to thank you all for joining us on the show today. And thank you to our guest, Brian England of Core Matters. As always, we appreciate our Million Dollar Mentor, Ray Peller, and Karen Kimsey Ford of Dale Carnegie, as well as our producers, Fred McMurray and Elizabeth Denham. Get well to Jerry Akers and Laura List. I am Kristen Shalmessi, and together we are your resource for franchising success. This has been another episode of the Pillars of Franchising, and remember, the dream starts here. Wow, 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 wow,